The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You're listening to Very Loose Women. You make us hate our husbands, our lovers and our boss. Why, I can't even count the good friends Dolly Parton PMS Blues. Um, so on tonight's show, um, we if you're a regular, list, regular listener, you'll know that we talk about menstruation a lot. Um, features so much in our show, obviously, how could it not when it happens every month and it's really annoying each time. Um, but for a while, uh, we've been particularly interested in an issue that's been cropping up in the media a lot, which is the issue of the tampon tax. Uh, so we've really wanted to get on um, the people behind that campaign and we're delighted to have two special guests in the studio tonight. We have Laura Corriton and Atticus Kidd and they have been um, spearheading the campaign to eradicate the tampon tax. Um, so Laura and Atticus's activism has featured in loads of like national media publications, being The Telegraph, um, Guardian Independent, to name just a few. Before we kind of go on to that, I um, also want to introduce my colleague uh, Lily, or is it Leo? We'll get on to that later. Um, he's in the studio. And say that Emma... Um, our third Fairly Women isn't here today. She's in Glasgow, but she's absolutely devastated not to be here, obviously. Um, so we've got a few questions for our guests from Emma too. Uh, first of all, though, as usual, gripe of the week. Does anyone have a gripe? So I guess I should respond to your <laughs> awkward introduction there. Um, yeah, my gripe is that my name is Leonor, and for easiness reasons, I always introduce myself as Lily, and I actually don't like that name very much, and don't like I don't know. It's it's like a nice name, but I just don't. I like I do see myself as Leonor when I think of myself in my head. Is Leonor that difficult? Well, you know, when you're in a noisy place and you say Leonor, people say you probably don't know this because you're not called Leonor. People say like, oh, what's that? What? How, how do you spell that? Does that end in a D? Is and like I've I've been asked like I don't know Leonard. Yeah, <laughs> apparently that's a name. I don't okay. know. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I've been trying to like remember to introduce myself as Leonor. Um, but then people have actually, since I've been doing that, people have said, what? And then I say, oh, you can call me Lily. But I'm trying to put a stop to saying you can call me Lily. So now you want to be, this is your official rebranding moment. I don't want it to be called <laughs> rebranding. Like, that's my actual name. That's the name on my birth certificate. My family calls me it. My, like, extended family calls me it. I don't, like, it's it's actually a name. And I, a lot of my friends call me it, usually more in France, because it's more of a common name there. Okay, yeah. so to the listeners from now on, you are... 
Leonor is fine. Yeah. Leo for short. You, you, can, you can call me Leo if you want to. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I'll be trying very hard not to call you Lily throughout this entire <laughs> episode. Um, I have a gripe, which is that I had a really horrible kind of sexual harassment lecherous man situation earlier this week where for the first time in about 10 years someone actually tried to chat me up by asking me if I wanted a lift in their car because he was going the same way as me which was really grim and when I said no I don't I'm waiting for the bus he was like how do you know that the bus just won't ever come did you respond how do I know you're not a creepy rapist well it felt like he really was like he wouldn't take no for an answer he was hanging around um, the bus stop in his car looking out for women hanging around there it felt really nerve-wracking and I could feel myself getting quite panicked and I was like well I know the bus definitely will come because on my phone it's saying it's coming in zero minutes and look it's right there over the brow of the hill and he still said but they're too unreliable I was like you are just you know you know what's unreliable strangers in cars that's what's unreliable wow much worse I'm sure as well um but that just really shocked me because actually no one's tried that particular come on technique with me for a while and it did feel really invasive because I just thought you're being really persistent you're edging closer to me is this the point where you grab me and pull me into your car um which obviously is just a horrible thought but um it hasn't happened to me for a while I thought that People only tried that on, you know, maybe teenagers. Um, and the fact that people um, are still doing it, you know, 10 I years later. I think that's later. also bad. I mean, it's really bad, yeah. <laughs> what I mean is, well, I felt like people assume that when you're very young and naive, they would do that. But apparently, they continue. Um, so, yeah, it's not happened to me for a while. I just didn't think it would ever happen to me again. And yet, here we are. Um, so that was my gripe. Um, do either of our two guests have um, gripes? Um, I have two grapes. Um, the first, they're both period-related grapes, of course. Okay, great. So the first one is about the tampon tax campaign, and we basically asked all our supporters to email their MEPs recently to get um, the campaign moving in Europe. And we've had some really, really unhelpful MEP responses, especially from male MEPs, unfortunately. What have they said? They basically just lectured us on the history of taxing tampons. Really? And, like, sanitary products, which is something we're is obviously aware of. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's not helpful at all. <laughs> that we obviously know that, and we, like, specifically asked them to answer two questions both of which they avoided at all costs which is really that is really annoying yeah and the second gripe is just a general period related gripe so you know on like period um product advertising and stuff they always Mm. use like the blue liquid instead of like red liquid it just really annoys me yeah because that's like a cleaning product exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. they're trying to make it as if it's not really a period like it's fine people bleed it's all right everyone knows that it's like they think it's just way too graphic to show what it actually is like when we see it all the time ourselves but like we have um, a French campaign for example and they did a campaign advertisement um, video and they posted it onto YouTube and they had like fake blood on it and it was put down by the government in France because no it was too way. explicit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. Oh and it was obviously fake blood, fake blood. Like it was really um, liquidy and it was just so obvious. That obviously, they didn't That's use so real shocking. blood. Yeah, it's crazy. Do they ever give actual reasons as to why it's? seen as like too explicit or too shocking is it because they're worried about frightening people who maybe haven't had their period yet exactly they didn't say they just said i mean we have blood in movies and stuff all the time that's it and And even like cartoons like on the simpsons there'll be like someone gets their head off and then loads of blood yeah or like south park like actual blood from periods that actually happens it's not there's no violence there. That's just and there was just blood on pants and stuff. It wasn't like they had this massive a dripping gush vagina. of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> blood come out. But it was just really. Oh my goodness. Well, 
they're both great gripes. Thank you so much. And um, Askers, do you have a gripe? Uh, I, well, I've only been working on the campaign recently, but I've sort of been exposed to the internet element of uh, being a man working on a female orientated sort of petition. I've had quite a few comments on the sort of nature of how, how could I have any interest in such a campaign interest, essentially insinuating interest in only the females involved in the campaign. <laughs> and that's, that's the only oh reason God. I get involved, that oh sort of thing. So you're getting trolled, basically, by yeah, men who are like, why, why have you turned your back on us? Why, yeah, why have you got into uh, with these women? Even women sort of on the aspect of what could he know about uh, periods? Oh, what no. could he, uh, well. It's that sort of element of why well, he must have a vested interest in some element. Of the petition. And it has to be a sexual one because a it's fetish. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for coming on Very Loose Women. Oh, we, yeah. we, we're not here to, like, totally I hope that we don't get any um, trolling abuse over um, the show. I'm sure we won't. And um, so, anyone listening, please do not do that. Um, <laughs> well, now's um, probably time to get on to our main topic. And I suppose the number one question, I'm sure lots of people listening, have seen a lot of the media um, articles and probably have actually read interviews with you, especially Laura, but um, there might be some people out there, possibly especially guys, who are just like, what is this so-called tampon tax? So can you actually tell us um, what this issue is and um, why you actually started this campaign? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, tampon tax, despite the name that we've used to brand it um, isn't just about tampons, it's about all sanitary products. So that goes for um, sanitary towels, moon curbs, as well as tampons and other products. It basically means that the government will tax you for buying these items um, because they deem them to be luxury items and not necessarily essential enough to have a zero rating in tax. Um, so the main reason why I wanted to get rid of it, well, I mean, we'll go on to this later anyway, but it's kind of twofold. One, because there's a financial element to it, and this is a European-wide campaign, so it's going to affect people across Europe, like potentially more in other countries than in the UK, but also because it um, reiterates the sexist ideal that um, issues that have been traditionally associated with women don't really matter, and that they can go, um, they can just be, you know, put to advantage, and yeah, that's why. And with the campaign, when you actually started um, work, it was a very, it was a kind of real grassroots movement, wasn't it? It wasn't yeah. as if there was a campaign already existing that you thought, oh, I'm going to take part in that. It literally was your kind of um, yeah. brainchild. Well, I mean, weirdly, this campaign did actually exist for like 50 years or so, well, since 1973, that I didn't realise it existed. One of my best friends from home, Paul, his mum's been involved with the campaign, or just like the general movement anyway, since she was a teenager. Oh, it's that's crazy. great. Yeah. And what, what did that campaign consist of? Um, it's just people that like Care objected to issue. it yeah and just basically wanted to change the tax which was initially set at 21 percent um so they just thought that it was wrong and they disagreed with the whole taxation of tampons mm. and central products so i mean it wasn't really my brainchild because it's mm. existed for so long but i think that's also why the campaign has got has been so successful because people have known about this for a long time and they just yeah it's easy to convince people mm. um that have known about this for generations and have potentially been campaigning for generations but it's it's like change.org has been great because it's a great platform to unify all the different campaigns that have been existing for so long so you kind of brought it into the yeah. internet era although i didn't know that was going to happen but yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah so tell us about that How, 
like how did it start? Why did you start the campaign? And like, what was the context? How did you go about it? Well, I started it in my bedroom with my housemate Rosie at the time. We were, this was like a couple of days before our final second year exams because we didn't have any final third year exams. And we were basically just so fed up of revising. We wanted to do something that was kind of related to our studies because I study politics. And um, my friend Verity sent me over, I think it was a Reddit article that was about the tampon tax because I said like people have campaigned for this for like decades. And we were both really inspired by the banknotes campaign um, to keep Jane Austen on our banknotes. So we just thought it'd be fun to like get on the change.org bandwagon and start one up. So I initially set the limit for like 100 people. I thought it would only get like 50 maybe of like our friends that we like bribed to like sign it. But yeah, then it exploded. Like we got about 2,000 signatures within the next morning or something. It was crazy. Yeah, that's, amazing. that's incredible. You must have been really surprised. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy surprised. <laughs> Um, but but then since then it's like it's grown a lot more. Can you talk a bit about like the marches and like yeah. the other petitions? Um, yeah, like basically we found out fairly quickly that it wasn't going to succeed if we just based it in the UK because there are lots of EU regulations that stop that from happening. Um, so quickly we realised we needed this to be not just a UK campaign but um, an EU-wide campaign. Mm -hmm. So we needed to get lots of different grassroots campaigns started in the different countries so that it can be a movement across Europe and not just you know, a UK-based one. We can basically overcome the regulations that have been put in place. Um, so we've done marches, two in London, one in Bristol. Um, we've been to like different events, like some in Oxford, about just talking about menstruation, getting over menstruation taboos, and then just making people aware of this campaign and the Change.org page that we started. And um, you said one of the marches was a bit extreme. Yeah. yeah, well, my friend Lucy on Facebook, she basically had this idea, and I think it's really cool. Um, she like put together that campaign, like that march, um, where people would paint their underwear as if they'd not used a tampon. So they'd like paint it all red, and then they'd like um, write like tax man in blood paint across their face and stuff, <laughs> and then just march around Westminster with these like bloody underwear that obviously wasn't made of real blood, but still just as like a shock factor to show that these <laughs> aren't luxury products and we do really need them. Otherwise, this is the kind of thing that's going to be happening. Do you think um, you're going to try that in France and see if that gets banned as well? <laughs> <laughs> People will get banned, yeah. Um, going back, so you're talking about the history of this campaign. It almost feels like there's been kind of several different um, movements. Could you tell us a bit about the context in terms of what reductions in VAT have happened um, and what makes this campaign different to what went before? Yeah, so before, it's actually been kind of successful, the campaigns that have gone about. So initially, the tax was introduced in 1973 by a male-dominated parliament, and that was set at 21%. And um, basically the rationale behind that was that this male-dominated parliament said, well, women have existed and they've coped fine before the mass production of sanitary products, so they'll probably cope fine without it. And it's not really a luxury. Like, it's, it is really a luxury, rather. It's not an essential item because we, you know, coped before. Um, and because there weren't many like, female MPs at the time, there aren't many now either, but there are more, mm. um, the female MPs or the menstruating MPs at any, way, at any rate um, couldn't stand up and say, look, this isn't right. It is a necessity and it shouldn't be taxed as a luxury item. 
Um, but you said earlier that, for example, sponges are not taxed or yeah. incontinence pads. Like, yeah. And there are definitely similarities to be drawn between sanitary exactly. towels and incontinence pads. Exactly. And in 1973, apparently the government decided that maintaining their private jets was essential because that's not taxed. Because it's an essential and not a luxury, apparently. It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah. That's actually ridiculous. Yeah. So as part of this, you've actually done quite a lot of research into the kind of economic background in Atticus. Is that what you've been working uh, on specifically? That's essentially what I was drawn into the campaign for. So I, my background's in economics, very much. A, um, I like to look at the statistics-based nature of it, and I thought there were quite a lot of questions Laura was being asked where she just didn't have that base, quite a regular uh, questioning, so I thought I'd get involved in the campaign. Laura's nodding, just that. so the listener <laughs> knows that that's not Atticus. Yeah. <laughs> And so what kind of um, facts and figures have you kind of been using in the campaign that have been really crucial? Uh, so I've, I've essentially been putting it in real real terms. So the fact that each menstruation period costs uh, the average woman about 50p. So over a lifetime, a woman in the UK will have to deal with about £200 worth of tampon tax. But mm. across Europe, so we have a 5% rate here, in Europe, that goes up to 27%. In Hungary, you've got rates like 25% in Denmark, where their RPI is also relatively higher. What's so they're the paying. Our RPI? RPI is a retail price index, okay, so it's like the you. average price of goods within other countries. So if you equate for that, it's the equivalent of about £400 in Denmark. And then I was doing so with the recent budget, there was the in inheritance tax cap, and so that affects 29,000 people. Uh, to the tune of millions and billions. Uh, were tampon tax to be eliminated, it would have 2.6% of re reduction within uh, relative to the inheritance tax cap of what was going on. So, and that's affecting 15 million people okay. currently mm -hmm. within the UK. So it'd be much more widespread. Exactly. It, it yeah. affects a lot more people, and rather mm -hmm. than money going to the rich it's really spreading out across mm. such a huge well, basis. Or not 50%, mm. but the menstruating women within the UK, which is yeah. a large percentage of the population. Mm. Yeah. So that sounds like um, you're really, with this campaign, like you're able to draw some really clear kind of um, arguments to show how a lot of this legislation is antiquated and ridiculous. Um, but the international side is quite um, interesting to me because I know that some people have critiqued what you're doing in the UK and have said, well, you know, it's it's not our fault that we have this tax because we're part of the EU. So actually, how does that link together? Um, how does your campaign move into the kind of European and further um, areas? Well, we're going to like try and do something that's never really been done before in the EU. Um, and that is get a grassroots campaign to make a real difference in terms of like law and legislation that will affect everyone in the whole continent. So that's never, ever been done. Like usually if like France says they want something done, then England will say, oh, well, I want this done in return, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. So we're going to try and avoid that by making sure this is a grassroots movement and it's all about this is what people want in Europe. And so like the European Union should mm. respect that and they should respond to that in a way that you know like so that's issuing legislation for all of the countries at the yeah. same time or at least allows those countries to um 
respond to uh, tampon tags. So yeah, hopefully that will be that will work. I mean, we've spoken to quite a lot of MEPs, and they've all said, you know, this has never been done before. However, the EU is always looking for positive um, mm-hmm. changes and ways to show that they are relative and they do listen to European people. So fingers crossed it'll work out and you mentioned uh, a really successful canadian campaign as well can you tell us a bit about that one yeah the canadian campaign was absolutely amazing it's probably like the best success that we've had like in like recent years in terms of tampon tax anyway um they basically we were working together for like the first few months within which the um canadian campaign really tried to get into the parliament within canada and they tried to strategize really really well before they even published the petition which went down really well as well and they ended up making the change happen within like three or four months so now they don't have any tax on tampons whatsoever which was like so good and we were so happy with that and yeah well they basically called it like a victory for all women or like menstruating people anyway mm-hmm. so that was great um so one of the questions that i wanted to ask you about was um I've also seen articles recently in um the media there was an article on vice actually a few weeks ago which was about how you know actually this is um a t- the tax on tampon sanitary items. Some people might say this is actually quite a small amount of money that people are paying extra. But this particular article looked at, for example, what it's like to be um, someone who's homeless or in and out of um, hostels or maybe doesn't have secure financial income and how actually these costs, um, you know, they're much more vulnerable to the uh, high price um, for these types of items. So I was kind of interested in how your campaign links to that because there are clearly more vulnerable groups and um, that maybe this would make the you biggest mean, difference like, Should to. people be providing them for free? Should well, um, like the NHS be providing sanitary yeah, for free? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting idea because to me um, it does seem a bit crazy that um, there's so much focus on things like, uh, say, contraception, which is obviously really important and I think it is really great that we're able to get um, contraception um, on the NHS and you can go to the doctor's surgery and pick a bag of condoms. But, you know, actually you're talking about something that's a clear... Um, um, it's not just about dignity, it's also about human health as well because so one of the things that people do um, need to be aware of is obviously your chance of toxic shock syndrome if you're not changing um, whatever you're using regularly enough. So like, is there a case, do you think, that um, actually these items should be provided nationally or is there more work that needs to be done to just make them much cheaper anyway for certain target groups and is your campaign going to address any of those types of questions? Well this has been a real area of conflict for our campaign since basically the beginning because I've been really strongly in favour of that argument but the Change to All people have made a really good point in saying that we don't want this campaign to be um, wanting too many different things we want like a really clear focus we're focused Mm. on tampon tags but to get around that we've worked with another campaign called the Homeless Period and they're basically focused specifically on getting free sanitary products for Another, another fight, yeah. basically. So um, their petition is linked on our petition. So just change.org slash and Tampa Tax is ours, and then you can great. see the extra. I think I saw their video. I, I yeah. think I saw a video for, for mm. the. So they've done great, and we've done a lot of work with them. We've also done a lot of work with the big issue, like trying to get people mm. to realize that vulnerable people are um, mostly the people that are losing in Tampa Tax, especially in the UK. Mm. Um, so what what can people do to help your campaign um, when while they're listening to this? What can they Google? on their phones what can they sign what can they do 
Um, well, basically, the main thing that you can do is to sign up to our petition, and that's change.org slash tax. And then if you really like want to help us out in terms of Europe, we've also got all of our um, sister campaigns linked on there. So there's also some in Australia, and then there's the homeless tampon tax as well. Um, and so, yeah, if you just sign all of them, that would be amazing. And there's also a German petition that's come out yesterday, so we'll link that tonight. And are there still petitions going in the UK? And are you like, are you, do you present them every like six months or is it that 2000 person petition was given and then now petitions are done and you're on to a next stage or is it p- petitions are still? Um, yeah, we're on to our next stage now. So the first stage was to like, con- um, like dominate Europe, well, dominate Westminster, sorry. Um, and the next one is to go on to the EU. So the next petition delivery will be in Brussels in September. Okay. We're going to try and get all the sister campaigns together in one day to like say that we are unified campaigns and we all talk to each other and which we do. And um, so, yeah, now we've sort of, um, yeah, conquered the UK. We're going on to it. And as well as the clear financial benefits um, to menstruating women um, in the UK and further beyond, what other um, sort of impact do you think that this would make on society? So do you think that it would help um, reduce the taboo um, around menstruation and maybe also help us move kind of into a society that's possibly less sexist or misogynistic in certain areas as well? definitely think so I think it helps to eradicate this taboo about menstruation and like as I was talking about the adverts to begin with people try and conceal tampon like their uh, menstruation they've tried to make it out as if like it's not bloody there's nothing to do with it even like um, tampons and um, like always and tampons and everything they try to make their products as discreet as possible so it seems like like no one needs to know well who cares if people know like it shouldn't be a taboo thing everybody knows that lots of people go through menstruation it's not a secret anymore yeah. <laughs> and then and also, I think it will help just to raise women's voices, especially in politics. So, like, women especially feel like maybe they're not heard by Parliament, their views aren't listened to, um, and that basically they're just deemed not very important because Westminster is male-dominated and lots of the legislation that's gone through is focused on male agenda setting and, like, ma- like male priori- uh, priorities. So I think it's important to tackle that, especially as we're now partnered with the 50-50 campaign and they're trying to raise um, representation of women, which is important because then issues related to women like tampon tax and sanitary products will get listened to more and will be more likely to get listened to and that's really important. Mm. And Atticus, in terms of, you said before that you had a bit of um, abuse and maybe from sort of men who don't understand why you're getting involved and possibly also some um, women who don't understand why you're involved either. But as you've been taking part in the campaign, have you found that... um, you've managed to inspire other men to join as well. That's, I've, I've learned so much about periods that I never <laughs> knew and sanitary products because uh, I, I remember at our school we had, there was a day where men were taken to one side to talk about prostate cancer and other mm. male-centric and, and I've, I've never been taught about periods mm. any stage so with these sort of veiled mystery of like, with, the, with the adverts, I, I never really knew anything so I've learned a lot around the sort of elements of like even how sanitary products are used Mm. i i I was completely that came up this morning actually with a male friend he because because i i have difficulty with the applicators i like have never really understood how they work i don't know how much you know about very confusing i find them super confusing so when i'm in a situation where i have to use an applicator tampon and i hate using tampons i always use tabs pads but you know sometimes there are emergencies and so i took it out and then like he's like wait how did you put it in with that an application and then my female friend was like oh you've got to use your finger and he was he was so shocked he had no idea that that, 
that that's how it works. <laughs> that like once a month, women like a lot of women have to put their finger up their vaginas. They would just they had I, no I idea. I thought it was one product per day. I, d- I didn't even realise <laughs> that it was changed throughout the day. Mm. I, I, with all the moon cups and also being introduced to sort of reusable elements as well. I I knew about pads and I knew about tampons. I didn't I didn't really know anything past that. So it's been really eye-opening just to see there's this whole element that I wasn't aware of of what women go through. All the kerfuffle, I think, and the time and having to plan your day around like when you can get to the bathroom and that kind of stuff. I think that, in a way, is just like really important for people to be aware of um, because it does have that impact on your life. Um, so I think we're running out of time, but I want to say a huge, huge thank you for yeah, coming on the show. Thank you so much for coming thank on. You thank you for having, you for having us, us, especially in your last show. Yeah, because this is indeed a great segue there. Um, <laughs> our last show of the uh, series. So hopefully we'll be back um, in September. If you'd like to have us back, please write to uh, Residence FM and say, we love Radius Women. We've got to have them back. Um, so yeah, thanks so much um, as always for being fantastic listeners. We love doing the show. Um, we hope that you've enjoyed the last series. We've had some fantastic guests on. So big fan- thanks to Laura and Atticus for coming on the show. Think round of applause. Um, and if you're going to miss us over the summer, the station is closed in August. Uh, we'll be podcasting from the archive. So we've got some episodes from Fairly Swimming 2013, 2014. That never made it onto iTunes and they will be going up there. So yeah. you can look forward to Very Loose Women on iTunes there. So just uh, search iTunes or the new Spotify for um, podcasting app, ACAST. Um, and we're also on Twitter at VLW Radio and you can find us on Facebook. Um, so to play us out, we've got um, another track which our fabulous engineer tonight, Sarah Nickel, is going to put on for us. It's um, the very aptly chosen I Bleed by the Pixies. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.